0: We will be holding people to account, be they presidents, prime ministers or CEOs, an accountability chief if you may.
1: Human activity is the cause of the climate problem, so human action must be the solution. Look back to where we were
2: before Glasgow. Look back to where we were before Paris. Indeed as we mark the 30th anniversary, look back to where we were before Rio. This
3: is The Lid On, I'm Conor Lennon.
4: I'm Laura Quiñones.
2: Yes,
3: Lara is here again. We had a little pre-COP show, didn't we? Which is also a video.
4: Yeah.
3: A huge hit on YouTube,
0: probably. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but this is our first Lid On episode from COP27 in a slightly boomy room at the UN Climate Conference in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt, which is in the south of the country on the shores of the Red Sea. We're going to have daily episodes. We'll try and make sense of what's actually going on here over the next two weeks at this so-called COP of Implementation. A bit later, we're going to hear from Simon Steele. He's the new head of the UN climate change body, the UNFCCC, and he's been signaling a rather forthright approach, talking about how he's going to hold nations to account. And you, Lara, have been following around the big boss a bit today, the UN Secretary General, who was taking part in several events today. So how did your day go?
4: My day's been a little bit long. We've been here since really early in the morning because... Of course, we try to avoid all the convoys of the presidents. Actually, this year, the walk to our uh, office is pretty short compared to Glasgow. I guess
3: every year poses different challenges for organizers. Every country's different. So, yeah, positives and negatives. I wonder if you can hear the airplane that's going off overhead. <laughs> There's another thing we should say. We are right near the airport. Very convenient if you're flying in, of course. Uh, yeah. We're going to be hearing that quite a lot over the next... Next couple of weeks. Uh,
4: Anyhow, yes, I was following the Secretary General today. He was here since very early in the morning, shaking hands. And he was part of the opening of the Climate um, Implementation Summit. You know, it's usually called the World Leader Summit. But this year, the Egyptians uh, decided to call it the Climate Implementation Summit because they want countries to come with actual plans uh, and not just pledges and promises.
3: And... It is still a World Leaders Summit in the sense that it's full of world leaders today and tomorrow.
4: Yes, over 100 leaders are going to speak uh, between today and tomorrow. Uh, However, there are like um, some that are missing. Uh, One of them being Joe Biden from the US. He is not coming because of the elections, but he'll be here next week. But at... As of now, uh, neither China or Russia are in the list.
3: Well, we'll come back to the World Leaders Summit in a minute, and you can tell me some of your highlights. The official launch was yesterday, so we got to hear from some of the great and good. Here's a little
0: taste. A new era begins, and we begin to do things differently. We will be holding people to account, be they presidents, prime ministers, or CEOs, an accountability chief, if you may because our policies, our businesses, our infrastructure, our actions, be they personal or public, must be aligned with the Paris Agreement and with the Convention. The heart of implementation is everybody, everywhere in the world, every single day, doing everything they possibly can to address the climate crisis.
1: We are not on track today to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius, the time for our collective action is now. With increasing warming, losses and damages will increase, and additional human and natural systems will be pushed to adaptation limits. This is a -a once-in-a-generation opportunity to save our planet and our livelihoods. This is an opportunity as well as an obligation. The range of options and most of all the time available to them now will not be there for future leaders and policymakers. I remain hopeful.
2: Look back to where we were before Glasgow. Look back to where we were before Paris. Indeed as we mark the 30th anniversary, look back to where we were before Rio. With thanks to all of you. The UK's presidency ends as a demonstration that progress is possible. It is happening. And it is continuing. Yes, we need to accelerate that progress in the remainder of the decisive decade. But I believe fundamentally that we can. We know what we need to do to keep 1.5 degrees alive. We know how to do it. And Sameh, you and your team have our full support. So now, friends, let's make sure we deliver. Let's make it happen. Thank you.
3: So there you heard Simon Steele, the new head of UNFCCC, otherwise known as UNEC Climate Change, Ho Sung Lee, the chairperson of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, and Alok Sharma, who we all remember from last year, the outgoing COP26 president. They were all giving us a flavour of what to expect at this year's COP. But reportedly, Laura, it got off to a bit of a rocky start. So the launch was supposed to be about, uh, what was it yesterday, 10 a.m.? And we were thinking, oh, maybe there's a problem with the time difference or whatever it is. But it was because, we're told, negotiators couldn't even agree on the agenda and notably on whether or not the issue of loss and damage, the rather vexed issue of loss and damage, should be included. But it eventually was.
4: Yeah, um, it was a very issue, you know, because it includes um, developed countries paying money, you know, to um, developing countries, which are usually the ones who bear the brunt of climate change and uh, contribute the least. So they think it's fair that they receive some um, uh, some payments for it. So yeah, there is a big discussion about that. But it was f- is the first time that it has been officially added to the to a COP agenda in 27 years. So. It's an advancement. progress progress.
3: Progress of sort. And we're expecting, aren't we, that this COP, that subject is going to be really front and center on how it happens. All the tricky negotiations about how quickly it happens. Because, well, we understand that the plan is to have it in place by 2024. And a lot of people are saying, hang on, that's way, way down the line. We need to get something organized as soon as possible. And the Secretary General himself has been saying that, no, we've got to sort this loss and damage
1: situation
3: out. And today, in his opening remarks, he didn't mince
1: his words. We are in the fight of our lives, and we are losing. Greenhouse gas emissions keep growing. Global temperatures keep rising. And our planet is fast approaching tipping points that will make climate chaos irreversible. The war in Ukraine, other conflicts have caused so much bloodshed and violence ...and their dramatic impacts all over the world. But we cannot accept that uh, our attention is not focused on climate change. We must, of course, work together to support peace efforts and end the tremendous suffering. But climate change is on a different timeline and a different scale. It is a defining issue of our age. It is the central challenge of our century. It is unacceptable, outrageous, and self defeating to put it on the back burner. Human activity is the cause of the climate problem, so human action must be the solution. Action to re establish ambition and action to rebuild trust, especially between North and South. The science is clear. Any hope of limiting temperature rise to 1.5 degrees means achieving global net zero emissions by 2050. But that 1.5 degree goal is on life support and the machines are rattling. We are getting dangerously close to the point of no return.
3: That was UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres in the opening remarks to the first day of the World Leaders Summit. Oh, sorry, the new name is what, Lara? The...
4: Climate Implementation Summit.
3: I beg your pardon, (laughs) the Climate Implementation Summit. And he went on to call for a global climate solidarity pact. And he singled out two countries, didn't he? The U.S. and China. He said they have a particular responsibility to make it a reality.
4: Yeah, he said cooperate or perish.
3: Were there any highlights for you today?
4: Yeah, there were a lot of highlights. Um, One of them was a youth activist from Uganda... Uh, she was very uh, emotional. She spoke with uh, a lot of strength, you know, toward leaders and asked them if they wanted to be remembered as the leaders who did nothing for the future. Um, she actually said that she was, um, when she was 14, she saw people died in Uganda, people close to her because of uh, landslides caused by uh, extreme weather. And that changed her life. Another highlight was definitely Al Gore's speech. And he said that the amount of uh, tons of of emissions that we're sending to the atmosphere traps as much extra heat that it will be released by 60,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every day in our planet. Wow. Finally, well, Mia Motley. We were talking before about the loss and damage issue. She also made a huge uh, case about how oil and gas companies profit 200 billion just in the last three months and they should be contributed at least 10 cents of every dollar to a loss and damage fund. Uh,
3: There was also a forest and leaders meeting today and this is a follow-on from a meeting we remember from Glasgow, of course, where a big pledge was made Mm -hmm. uh, to planting more forests.
4: And talking about forests today, um, a new report by the UN Environmental Programme, UNEP, said that finding for forests currently does not reflect the urgency of the scale of the problems that we are facing. And remember that, like like you said, in Glasgow last year, they made a lot of promises about uh, protecting the forest, so I guess uh, we're not there yet.
3: And another event, there were quite a few today, involving the Secretary General, was about early warning systems in the context of climate change. These are measures that help communities to prepare for climate shocks. And he announced a five-year plan to to make sure that there are early warning systems for anyone in any country in the world. We're going to talk a bit more about that tomorrow. Uh, We have an interview coming up with Martin Griffiths. He's the UN humanitarian chief and also Brad Smith, who is the president of Microsoft. He's also a sustainable development goal advocate. And he was speaking at an event on early warning systems with the Secretary General today. So all that will be coming up tomorrow. But now, uh, let's get back to Simon Steele. We heard a clip from him earlier. He's the head of UN climate change. They're responsible for overseeing these cops, and he spoke at the official launch. He's only been in the job for a couple of months, though. He's from the small island state of Grenada. He's worked on climate issues as a government minister, as well as in the private sector as an executive for tech companies. And he mentioned that under his watch, climate negotiations would be entering a new era, and that he saw his role as involving holding countries and the private sector accountable. What did he call himself? The, the accountability, accountability chief. The accountability chief. That's right. So uh, we'll see to what extent he was, he will hold people's feet to the fire during COP. Well, our colleague, Devi Palanevalu, had a chat with him before COP, and we really got a sense that as someone from an island state, this fight to get the climate crisis under control is personal.
0: You know, these are small communities um, islands in the Caribbean Sea. On one level, you know, an absolute paradise in terms of the life that we have there, a culture, rich culture. But all of that is under threat. I've lived through two hurricanes. Um, Grenada hadn't experienced a hurricane for close to 50 years. And then in the space of just 10 months, two hurricanes Passed through, devastating the island. 95% of housing stock uh, destroyed or damaged. The equivalent of 200% of our GDP wiped out in just a matter of hours. And that was back in 2004 and 2005. And all of these years later, you know, as an economy, um, how the country functions, it's still burdened by the economic effects. of of those two traumatic hurricanes. Uh, No location is further than two miles away from from the sea. Our main villages, um, communities, towns are along the coast. And we're seeing those coastlines submerged by the sea. So whether it is uh, uh, sea surges, Uh, whether it's lost coastline due to the rise in sea levels. We're already losing communities, having to relocate communities from low-lying areas. You know, that whole way of life is under threat. It is at risk and it is avoidable. You know, measures can be taken, but those measures aren't by the small islands, the, the most vulnerable who suffer the... Worst consequences of climate change aren't the cause of climate change. You know, that rests within the G20 group where they generate 80% of global emissions and they also have the means to solve the problem, you know, with 85% of global GDP. So the means are there. It is just coming back to that will and setting minds To resolving the problem. And what is also remarkable is climate change is no longer a headline uh, news for those climate-vulnerable states. In those same developed countries, they are now facing the impacts of flood, of heat, of fire. So, you know, this is a global issue, but it requires global effort in order to address it.
3: That was Simon Steele, the head of UN Climate Change, and you can watch that interview on the UN Climate Action page, which is a very useful resource if you want to find out more about this topic. Now, the venue itself, let's talk a bit about where we are, because (laughs) it's taken us a while to find our way around. I still haven't been to much of the... Uh, buildings.
4: It's impossible. There's so many pavilions.
3: So many pavilions.
4: 156 pavilions. I didn't
3: realize they were actually in three buildings. Did you realize that? Yeah, four. It's four, is four it? Oh my buildings. God, there's another one I haven't been to. Yeah,
4: I found it today. I couldn't find it yesterday, but I found it today. Well,
3: I, I went on a reconnaissance mission to try and get my bearings a bit earlier and to try and paint a picture for you, and this is what I found out. I'm going to start at the beginning. This is the entrance hall where everyone is getting their registration, a lot of people queuing up from the UN, from different countries, from NGOs, a lot of Hello. UN police here, some of whom I Hello. recognize. Hello.
2: What are you doing here? What am I doing? Yes.
3: I'm recording. I'm from the UN.
2: Yeah, but, but then you, need, you cannot record, right. Yeah.
3: All right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much. welcome. There you go. I got in trouble already. So now I've walked over to a huge map, which is on the walls of one of the many buildings around me. I'm mean, in like a central courtyard, and there are, let's have a look, one, two, three, about seven or eight buildings around me. I can't tell where any of them are yet, so I'm going to try the map. I can see now the building that I wasn't supposed to record in. As you can hear behind me, I'm not the only person who's lost. I'm following you guys. I forgot to mention that we're right near the airport. So you might be hearing a bit of that over the next few days. Now I've made it to the pavilions. And this is where I will be wandering around quite frequently. It's huge. I'm told that there are more pavilions this year than there have ever been before. It's the UN Climate Change, the UNFCCC hub. Last year, this is where I met. Many of the people I interviewed, it's usually quite a convenient place to meet up and usually the coffee's pretty good as well, which is gonna be crucial, I think. This is nice, a very colorful Niger pavilion, a lot of flags, a lot of traditional art here. Oh, maybe we found good coffee as well. Let's find out. Hi, how are you doing? Is it coffee or tea? Tea, coffee. Thank you, yeah. Good,
4: good, good.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, good. From Niger, yeah? Niger. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh, Niger.
4: Thank you. I'll be back. Nice to meet
3: you. We have a children and youth pavilion, which has an event going on. Lots of young people, appropriately. We're going to create one
1: group that is going to be recognized globally for one single thing. And that is...
3: Next to that, there's the UN Food and Agriculture Pavilion the Senegal Pavilion, the Thailand Pavilion. Hi. Sawati Krab. Last year you had Matum Tea. Any you Matum this year? Yes. Oh, great. And ginger, tea. and ginger tea. Great, I'll be coming back for sure. Nice to meet you. Important to know where the Thai Pavilion is. Matum Tea is really nice. Got to stay hydrated at these events. Very important. Well, I haven't <laughs> finished yet, but I think we're going to have to end the tour for now but we will have a chance to catch up on many of these pavilions over the next two weeks. I'll head back to the office. Well we at least figured out where we can find tea (laughs) and coffee. That's very That's the first
4: thing we need to figure out to be able to survive these two weeks here.
3: Yeah so I think we better leave it there now. We have had orders from management in New York to pace ourselves so I'm fine to follow those instructions. I don't want to kill myself in the first few days. But, but before we go, there is one thing I do have to ask you: what? It's the saga of Lara's luggage? Oh,
4: come on, really? Now, Lara, Does everybody has to know, everyone
3: has to know that you had, I think, <laughs> one change of clothes.
4: I did. You
3: bought to. yourself new ones. You're wearing a snazzy number from the from the market just opposite. Uh, where I'm wearing your,
4: Egyptian figurines right now very nice Uh,
3: where's your luggage lara what's the latest
4: well actually i just got a whatsapp message and and this is breaking news it's breaking news
3: we're looking at a photograph of lara's bag Yes. is this your bag is it your bag
4: (laughs) yes my bag mr osama almas thank you so much he's he's the guy from the airport who's been helping me
3: well congratulations
4: oh my god i'm so happy right now
3: there you go so we had breaking news (laughs) and we will have more tomorrow yes early warning systems is probably going to be our focus but who knows what what will happen okay we're back tomorrow it's the second day the last day of the hang on the climate implementation
4: summit you got it right this time (laughs) otherwise known
3: as the world leaders summit after that we'll be getting into the thematic days starting with finance so we'll leave it there for now i think we all need to take a bit of a break but we'll be back very early tomorrow morning
4: yes we'll be there